all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Ah, feel the woe with Listerine at BJ's. You can save $2.50 now on Listerine products like Total Care Anti-Cavity Fluoride Fresh Mint Mouthwash or Cool Mint Pocket Packs Fresh Breath Strips at your nearest BJ's location. Experience the feeling of a million germs zapped in seconds with Listerine. Discount available through December 24th. Save now only at BJ's. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in the app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message. I'm super excited about it. Lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith together. I am blessed because the life give a message I'm about to hear will change what I do. In Jesus' name, amen. So God, we're open and we're ready. Speak to us now with strength. Speak to us with power. Speak to us with strength and speak to us with power. Stretch us, God. Make us better. Make us better. Who in the building and who online, that's your prayer. I want to be better. If that's you, you ought to release a praise right where you're at. You ought to release a praise right where you're at. God, we want to be better. 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 Why? Because when we're better, everything around us is better. If we're better, Christians will be better husbands, better wives, better spouses, better servants, better leaders, better business owners. Whatever we do, we will be better at it when we're better Christians first. On three, I need you to holler this. Lord, make me better. One, two, three. Lord, make me better. Hallelujah. Let's go to work. So we're starting this new series today uh, called Proverbs, and we're super excited about it because we just wrapped up our series called Making Money Moves. And what do we do in that series? We kill the myth in the last message of the series that God doesn't want his people to do well. If you missed that series, Making Money Moves, go back. And watch that series because there's so much wisdom in that for you. We learn, watch me, that there's over 2,300 verses in the Bible that talk about money. Over 15% of Jesus' words were about money. And on Wednesday, we ended that series and I taught you this. Jesus was not poor. Matter of fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 says this, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. So when, when did this happen? All of this happened on the cross, and that word poor there has dual meaning. It means both spiritually and naturally. See, pay attention, and we're going to walk through this again. Uh, many people, if you do not properly see your Savior, you will never properly see yourself. So if you think that your Savior was walking around struggling, you'll think you're supposed to struggle. If you think your Savior was some weirdo walking around hugging trees, eating granola, I like granola, so nothing's wrong with granola, you will think that there's, you're supposed to be weird. And can I tell you, there's too many weird Christians that aren't producing fruit. You're not just going to be some weird Christian that doesn't produce fruit. You're going to produce so much fruit, people say, what must I do to be saved? They're going to look at your life and say, look, I knew you from back when. There's no other explanation except God is at work in your life. I need you to thank God that everybody's about to see the change that's happening in your life. Matter of fact, for some of you, when you get around people and they say you're not how you used to be, you need to take that as a compliment. Stop taking that as a negative thing like you're trying to go back. I'm not going backward. I'm going forward. I'm not trying to be who I used to be. I am becoming new. In, in, in Christ, all things are made new. 
So watch me. So on the cross, for the first time in his life, he became poor. He, he walked in poverty. And I taught you that in, in the scripture, we discover that Jesus did not die. Watch me. A, a religious death. What do you mean by that? As a Hebrew, the Bible taught that the penalty for what they accused him of falsely, which was blasphemy, that was the crime they accused him of uh, because he made himself, he said he was God in the flesh. So they accused him of being a blasphemer. And the penalty for that, according to Torah, the first five books of the Bible is being stoned to death. The crucifixion where you are hung on a cross, that was a Roman form of death, which means Jesus didn't die just by the hands of church people. He died a political death. Why is this important to understand? Because in that moment, we then recognize that Jesus wasn't just dying for sin. He wasn't just dying for spiritual reasons. Pay attention. He was also paying a price for natural reasons. Which means on the cross, he died both spiritually and, watch me, they seized his assets. Jesus had built an amazing organization, so much so that Judas was the man responsible for keeping his money, his ministry's money, and the disciples' money. Let me tell you something. You don't need a full-time person to keep your money if you don't have any. And for some of y'all, you need to get excited. Why? Because for years, you've been counting your own. But God's about to, because you're a releaser, you're about to need some help counting. This ain't for everybody, but for those of you that know that God has called you to do great things financially because you want to be a blessing. You want to take care of some single mamas. You want to get some people out of poverty. You want to be able to walk down in Denver on the 16th Street Mall and say, no longer homeless, no longer homeless, no... I need you to open up your mouth and say, I'm blessed. Hi. So on the cross, we see them that uh, in the, for the first time in his life, he is now in poverty. They have seized his assets. Judas ran away and embezzled the money, not just his ministry's money, but all of the money that he had keep over until he killed himself, which let me parenthetically insert this for somebody. Watch me. Your Judases will always self-destruct. You're not going to have to get involved. All you need to do is keep moving forward. I don't know who needed to hear that because somebody under the sound of my voice, you can't even hear what I'm saying because you're so busy thinking about what your Judas did, what your betrayer did. I promise you he'll hang himself. I promise you she'll hang herself. I promise you you're not going to have to chase down a lie. The lie's going to die on its own. I promise you you're not going to have to chase down why they're talking about you. It's going to kill itself. Judas ran off with the money until they were able to get it back uh, 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 after he, he literally takes his own life. The Bible says that they take his garments. We're going to look at all of that. They take his garments. Even as a child, Jesus was used to doing well because even as a two-year-old child, they bring him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I hate to burst your bubble, but for everybody around Christmas time where you have the nativity scene and you have Jesus there uh, in the manger. Mary and Joseph and the angel and, and three wise men. First of all, the Bible never says it was three wise men. It says wise men that brought three gifts. But then secondly, they didn't bring him to him as an infant. They brought him to him as a child. And watch me, even as a child, Jesus was used to doing well because they brought him gold. You ain't going to say nothing to me. They didn't bring him little twigs and little, and little arts and crafts. They said, this is the king. We better bring him some gold, which means even as a child, he did well. Here's why I'm excited about you, that the generations in your bloodline after you are not going to struggle with what you struggle with. Because the Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance, and you may not have natural children, that's okay. You got little cousins, you got little nieces, you got little nephews. You're about to leave something for them to pick up. So when they start, they're not going to start at zero. They're going to be able to start much further than you. Watch me. If you're excited that you're going to leave something for the next generation, open up your mouth and give God the glory. I'm leaving something. You're building a legacy, baby. This is bigger than you. This is bigger than just you. God says you're going to leave something so that your children are born into wealth. So your children are born into I need you to get excited that your children aren't going to struggle with the same stuff you struggle with. So, so, so look at this. So on the cross, what happens? He became poor both spiritually and naturally. See, on the cross, he takes the sin of the world. Every sin that had been committed, 
Every sin that was currently being committed, every sin that would be committed, he pays for it at one time. What a deal for us. Who couldn't serve a God like that that pays for your half acidry before you do it? I'm not cussing. Deuteronomy 22 10. Well, watch me. Who couldn't serve a God like that? That watch me. He says, I'm gonna pay for the stuff you ain't even thought about doing wrong. Like that's amazing. Somebody said that's amazing. Pay attention. So look, so so he pays for all of sin. Watch me. That was committed. Would currently being committed or that would ever be committed. This is why you can never live in condemnation and shame. This is why even when you mess up, can I just say a real word 915? I'm going to do it either way. Even when you screw up, I need you not to stay down. Why? Because Jesus said, I already paid for that. So you walking around with your head down, not coming to church, not serving, not logging on as if you about to pay the price for yourself. That's dumb. I already paid for that. You better elbow somebody and say, he already paid for your mistakes. I and we don't pay twice for the same thing. But not only that, but watch me, but he became poor. In that moment, he took on poverty so that you would not have to. I need you to loose that ideology that it is spiritual to struggle. It is not. I need you to loose that ideology that you're supposed to do. Watch me. You're not supposed to do good because you've done bad. That's what the gospel is. The gospel means good news. The good news is that the bad news is wrong. I feel sorry for the people who always want to throw up your bad news in your face. Why? Baby, I got the gospel, and the gospel is good news. I feel bad for all of your relatives that spoke negative over you, trying to throw your bad news in your face. Baby, you can say what you want to say, but I've got good news, and the good news is that the bad news is wrong. So look, that, that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Rich there is this Greek word, uh, plutio. It's where we get our word plutocratic or plutocracy. Uh, it, it, watch me. It means to have many resources. Shut up. I mean, literally shut up. I mean, it's just good to me, right? So pay attention. That through his poverty on the cross, you might, now notice, this is a choice. Which means he's not going to force this on you. So if you want to live your life broke, busted, disgusted, messed up, jacked up, tied up, piss poor attitude all day, got a resting nasty face. If you want to live that way, Jesus is like, fine, do you. He says, but I died. Watch me. So you could have many resources. And money is just one of those resources. Because another one of those resources is favor. See, money will buy your doctor. Favor will get you healthy. Money will buy your lawyer. Favor will get you justice. Favor so good, it'll shut the case down before it ever goes to child. Help somebody next to you say favor. Wrong neighbor. You need somebody that's going to celebrate. Please try somebody else. Elbow them. Say favor. Come on, Facebook. Come on, YouTube. Baby, he's saying for you to have many resources. I rebuke your scarcity mentality. I rebuke your broke mentality. I rebuke your poverty mentality. You're not a slave. Get off the plantation. Get up and live. Say many resources. He says that you might have many resources, look at the next part of this meaning, is that you may be increased both spiritually and naturally. He says, I want you to be, watch me, very spiritual and very successful. Look at me. If you grew up in church, you were taught these two. Can't be spiritual and successful. The devil is a lie, and every lie that opened their mouth and said that. Revelation 5.10, and he makes us kings and priests. And one man and one woman are two realms. That means spirit and success. Which means I know how to pray and slay. I can speak in unknown tongues and walk into the boardroom and start speaking in financial terms. Yeah. I can deal with spiritual matters and then I can come over here and deal with natural matters. I, I can go from Monday night prayer to Monday night board meeting. I Please open your mouth, say both of them. 
So Jesus, what did, we, what did I teach you on Wednesday? Jesus never called himself poor. Look at John chapter 12, verse 8. Jesus said, for the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. This is important. I need you to catch this. I'm going somewhere with this. Jesus did not call himself poor. Everybody look at me. If he didn't call himself that, you stop putting limitations on yourself. Stop saying I'm just a single mama. That means you were trusted with the job or two. Which actually is a compliment. Because if you one woman can do the job of two people, you must be a bad somebody. If you a single dad, one person can do the job of two people. Stop looking at it as a punishment. It ain't no punishment. It's a compliment. God says you don't need another ninja to get this done. I'll trust you to get it done by you. Stop saying you're broke. Stop saying you're stupid. Stop saying you don't have the right education. Stop saying you don't have the right people around you. Stop saying you don't have the right people around you. Stop, I'm talking to me now. Stop saying you don't have the right people around you. Stop saying you don't have the right people around you. Stop saying you don't have the right people around you. Stop saying you ain't got the right people around you. Why? Because God says, I do not put limitations on myself. I need you not to do that either. Look at this next thing. Look at this next thing. Jesus was a builder. See, the, many people say carpenter. Carpenter is too small of a word because carpentry is a specific trade. Pay attention. He wasn't just skilled in one trade. Literally, the Greek word there is tecton, which means he was a builder. So Jesus was like a GC. He was a general contractor, which meant Jesus knew how to do it all from top to bottom. He knew how to do it all from top to bottom. He knew how to do it all from top to bottom. He knew how to build the foundation. He knew how to build the building. Pay attention. And what he didn't know how to do, he knew how to reach for it and get it around him. See, for some of y'all, you want to know how to do everything? That's out of order. You just need to know how to get everything done. Pay attention. Which means I don't have to do it. I just need to know who to reach for to get it done. Oh, my God. For some of you business owners, you're so stressed because you're trying to do it all. You're out of order. You need to be a builder, be a tecton. You need to reach for what you need. This is the builder, Mark chapter 6 and 3. Mark 6 and 7. He called the 12 and began to send them out two by two. So Jesus, at age 30, he goes into full-time ministry, which means he must have done well enough in ministry where he was not, or excuse me, in business, to where he was not concerned about making money or doing uh, what he needed to do in ministry. So much so, he hires 12 individuals full-time. And watch me, they were busy doing work. Pay attention. If you want to be used by God, he's not using people who aren't doing anything. For some of y'all, you're like, I just want God to use me. And you're sitting at home all day watching TV. And Jesus says, I have no use for you because you're lazy. I have no use for you because you're sloppy. You want to know who Jesus gives stuff to? He gives stuff to people that are already working. And for some of y'all, you keep saying, I'm so busy, God, I don't have more. You better change your confession. You need to say, God, thank you that I got a lot going on. Can I tell you, whenever you want to figure out how to get something done, give it to somebody that's got a lot to do already because they're going to find an efficient way to get it done. You do not trust lazy, sloppy people who ain't got nothing to do. There's a reason ain't nobody pulled them to do nothing. For some of you with your friendships, you keep getting in friendships with people that aren't doing anything, which is why their friendship does nothing for you. You keep getting in dating relationships with people that don't do anything, which explains why you feel like you're raising a grown man. Explains why you feel like you're raising a grown woman. Why? They ain't doing nothing. Jesus found 12 men that already had jobs and said, come over here. I'm about to give you, watch me, not a career, but a calling. I need you to open your mouth. Like in these next 12 months, you're not just going to have a career, but you're going to be walking in your call. Worship God for five seconds for that. Go! Five, go, four, come on, Facebook, three, come on, YouTube, one, say yes, Lord. All right, so look, so look, look at this next thing, look at this next thing, right, right what's me, look at this next thing. Uh, uh, Jesus had a home, John 139, so they went with him and saw where he lived. In the previous parts of the verses where the ellipses are, those three dots, um, they actually are following Jesus, and Jesus turns around and says, what do you want? See, for everybody who thinks Jesus is this indirect, mousy man. Listen, I just wish I could have been there with Jesus. I pray your skin was thick enough. Because for all of you who the moment somebody say something to you and you get offended and you disappear and you go, you, you listen, you would never last 10 minutes with Jesus. Because Jesus looked at Peter, who said something nice to him one time. He said something nice to him one time. Peter was, Jesus was like, listen, I'm going to have to die. And the son of man is going to be crucified, all that. Peter looks at him and says, Lord, you're never going to be crucified. Don't speak like that. Jesus turns around and looks at Peter and says, you the devil. He says, and I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. 
and you better have that done on time. He said, in essence, you don't get to have an attitude because you got checked. And some of y'all, listen, you would not last 10 minutes with Jesus because every little thing you did, he turned around and check it. Why? Because he says, I got to get you ready because where you're headed requires you to make sure that you're the best version of you. And if you are unchecked you, you can't be the best you. I need to see if there's anybody in the building, anybody online that can thank God that he still checks you. He He ain't going to let you get away with a nasty attitude. He's not going to let you get away with not doing it right. He's not going to let you get away with a lack of excellence. He will check you. Watch me. Come in, Sheree. Who's going to check me, boo? Jesus. Y'all ready? All right, you got to make sure because some of y'all wouldn't last with Jesus. Because you walk in there late, he said, get out. Don't come in here again. But I just don't understand. People got lies. Don't nobody care about that. I, I said what I said. You do what I said. And if you can't do what I said, bounce. Come on, I just want to walk with the Lord. That's how I know some Christians. Watch me. You don't be talking to Jesus. You're talking to yourself. Because if you were talking to Jesus, he'd be checking you, not telling you about other people. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. I feel like preaching with no filter. Say he had a home. home. Well, they seized that home when they crucified him. They seized that home when they crucified him. They took what belonged to him because that was Roman law, that if you were crucified, they could take what you had. Let's go. Jesus presented himself well. We're getting to where we're going. We're getting to where we're going. I just want to make sure, watch me, that your appetizer is good. Is the bread good? Is the butter good? All right. Is the blooming onion good? Listen. Is coconut shrimp good? Can't give you the appetizers, all right? All that a sweet torn tamale takes good with the sour cream and the special sauce? Okay, listen. Some of y'all don't know about that. <laughs> is the calamari good? Yeah, not the tentacles, though. We can't do that. Mm-mm. Give me the rounds. I can't. <laughs> Get them tentacles up out my face. All right? I ain't going to be able to do it. Gross. Gross. All right, listen. Here we go. Jesus presented himself well. Denver, please hear me. Do not ask to sit at a table that you don't present yourself to sit at. Bishop, why are you only focusing on Denver? Because I've traveled the United States of America, and I've discovered there's a special word that needs to be released in this city concerning this. See, okay, y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. Let me help some of my single people. Watch me. You cannot just roll out the bed and walk out the house and say, Lord, I want a king. Kings want women that prepared. I just... Y'all don't gotta like it. And, and, and so that I'm an equal opportunity rebuke, let me, let, me, let me go and get the fellas too. Fellas, you cannot just get up and roll out the house and say, I'm a warm body. She ought to be glad. No, she wants a king, not a boy. She ain't going to be combing your hair in the morning, getting you together. Man, you, y'all, some of y'all ain't saying that. Let me move on. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments. What'd they do? They took his clothes. If Jesus had broke down, busted clothes, you think they're going to take the clothes? I mean, just use deductive logic. If you saw someone that had rags, because the way, the way America wants you to view Jesus, that he was some broke, busted, disgusted, whack, weirdo guy. So, so let's just be practical. Watch me. If he had rags, do you think that they would have been, oh, man, let me get that rag? They didn't believe he was Jesus. They didn't believe he was the son of God, which was God in the flesh. So they didn't care nothing about who the clothes belonged to. They were looking at the value of the clothes. The clothes had no sentimental value to them. Why? Because they were Roman soldiers, so they could care less about the Hebrew Messiah. When Jesus, uh, when the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts. They ripped the garments into four parts. One part for each soldier, also his tunic. Pay attention. But the tunic was seamless. It was woven in one piece from top to bottom. Somebody said, very nice. All right, now I'm not saying be materialistic. I just want you to catch the point. So they said to one another, let us not tear it. It's like, no, we ain't finna mess this up. 
You ever been mad but thought about how much you paid for something and be like, no, I ain't throwing that. Come on, y'all, where the real people at? Like, like you ever been mad and you, and you was about to throw your phone and then you thought about, oh no, I still got five payments left. I ain't throwing that phone. Come, can I get a witness, please? You was about to throw something in the car, you're like, uh-uh, wait a minute, no, that's a 250 deductible, I ain't gonna be able to do it, I, I'm not gonna be, let me contain this anger. I'll be all right. You were, you were frustrated with your kids, and you walked in that room, and you, you were so frustrated, you grabbed something, like, uh-uh, I paid too much for that. Y'all better have this room clean by the time <laughs> All right, so there we go. Pay attention. Jesus presented himself well because Jesus knew people see you before they hear you. And if they do, are not drawn to what they see, you will never get an opportunity to be heard. Can I encourage everybody to take a note from Jesus? Always make sure you present yourself in a way that you do not keep yourself from being heard because he's looking at you as such a distraction. It's quiet right there. No judgment to nobody. I'm just saying, don't say you want to be the CEO and elbow somebody say, you present yourself so well. Tell them, encourage them. Come on, encourage them. Come on, come on, come on. Type it in the chat. You present yourself so well. You know how I know you're going into seven figures? Because you present yourself that way. You know how I know your next 12 going to be your best 12? Because you present yourself that way. And stop wishing you had another body. You better take the body you got and you better work that thing. Stop wishing you had more hair. Baby, if you ain't got nothing but that, you better take that and work that. If you got to go buy you some, go on and get it. and Just make sure they put it in good. Listen, you don't want to see the track. Listen. Jesus, Jesus was wise. <laughs> so Jesus gets up and he's preaching and he's preaching 915. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. Temple was the place of sacrifice. Um, the synagogue was the place of learning in that culture. We had to separate the two very plainly uh, for sanitary reasons because uh, um, when you were bringing your sacrifices, your animals, etc., that had to be separate from the synagogue just for very simple sanitary reasons, all right? So when the Sabbath came and he began to teach in the synagogue, watch me, and many who heard him were what? Utterly amazed. Now, this is amazing. They said, where did this man get all these things? What they didn't realize is while he seemed like an overnight success to them, he had been spending 30 years preparing and at age 12, he had a practice run because the Bible says that he was sitting teaching the rabbis, teaching the instructors, and so much so that they were amazed. And then for the next 18 years, we don't see anything recorded about what happens in the life of Jesus. Then all of a sudden at age 30, we see him step on the scene. Watch me. For some of you, you've, watch me, your fruit has been silent. You've been moving in silence. You've been taking steps in silence. You've been acquiring things in silence. Nobody knew the moves that you were making because all of a sudden they're going to read came October 2021. You stepped out. I need you not to be mad or frustrated when there's moments of silence in your story. I need you not to be mad or frustrated when there's moments of silence in your life. God is preparing you and preparation is never a waste of time. For everybody under the sound of my voice in this building or online where you've ever felt like you were wasting your time preparing, I need you to release a praise. Why? Because I just told you you weren't wasting your time. You were setting up for your great reveal. You didn't waste a minute, baby. You didn't waste one moment. You didn't waste a second. Watch me. Even your bad decisions were preparation. Even that bad relationship was preparation. Even that bad financial decision was preparation. Even the business that failed was preparation for the one that's about to work. Somebody says it's getting ready to happen. All right, let's go. Let's go. 
30 years of preparation. All they saw, all they saw, all they saw Harvest Worship was him get up. They didn't see the rehearsal. The show was three and a half years. The rehearsal was 30. See, too many of y'all, you want good shows with no rehearsals. You want great lives with no preparation. You just want to wake up and you want God to just drop it on you. This ain't Aladdin. This ain't, uh, uh, uh. He's not a genie in the bottle and you're rubbing the right way. Was that Aguilera or the other one? Uh, you know, Brittany, you know, they're both the same, basically. All right, listen. Just pray for both of them. Matter of fact, let me, see, let me show you what you've never seen. God, we pray for Christina Aguilera. God, we pray for Britney Spears. Everything going on in their life since I mentioned them, Father, we cover them in the blood. And we say, draw them unto yourself, God. Get the glory out of their lives. Get the glory out of their story. Let them use their celebrity for the cause of Christ. And for that, we say thank you in Jesus' name. Now watch a change. Because if I said it, it ain't hitting the ground. Watch a change. Watch a change, Harvest. Please open up your mouth and thank God that you're about to see a change in the lives of both of them. For the glory of God. Oh no, we don't tear people down around here. We lift them up. Preparation's 30 years for three and a half. I need you to pay attention to the process. You will spend more time getting ready than you actually do what you got ready to do. Because when you're in the game, you have to perform. Pay attention. You have to perform. Life, you don't get to take a bunch of timeouts in the game. Even in a natural sporting game, what do you get per, per, per three? You get three. Or three a quarter or three. It's been so long since I watched. Three a half. God, dog. So you get six timeouts the entirety of the game. Watch me. Have you ever seen, I, I, remember, I remember back when I was really into football and watching football, um, which was when um, the Titans <laughs> were going to the Super Bowl. It was the Titans versus the Rams. They were still in St. Louis. Yeah, I know. It's been that long. I know. I know. It's been a while. Shouldn't have left you. <laughs> and, um, and so th that's when I was like, really into it. Like, I would get home from church and put it on and, you know, whole night. And I do, oh, hey, yeah. Mm -mm. I couldn't even tell you who playing. I can't tell you where they playing. I don't know who doing what. It, yeah, I don't. I look. Is Peyton still playing? Listen, I don't even know. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I know that. And I remember watching a game, and in a game, I, I would see them work these timeouts. I mean, they'd stand right there next to the, to the, to the, to the ref to call a timeout, all because the team was ill-prepared for the game, so they had to use the timeouts. Which means if you misuse your preparation, when it's time to actually perform, you're going to have to rely on timeouts as a part of your strategy instead of, watch me, just making sure the score is so far my enemy never had a chance at winning. See, let me tell some of y'all what your next 12 are. The devil going to be so far behind you, he's not going to have a chance of winning because even when he tries to get you discouraged, you're going to be like, oh, no, I'm past that. When he tries to get you to give up, oh, no, I'm past that. Why? This is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be made glad in it. You should have got me when you had me. You should have killed me when you had me. You should have got me when I was discouraged. Should have got me when I was depressed. Should have got me when I wanted to give up. But open your mouth in this building and online say it's too late now. They asked, what is this wisdom that has been given to him? What great miracles are being done by his hands. Say Jesus was wise. Well, why was he wise? Luke 2.52. Now, some of you may say, because he's God. Well, he is, but he's, but he's also 100% man. Let me teach you something. I've used this term before, but I want you to understand it. Jesus is the theanthropos. 100% God, 100% man. Anthropos, man, theos, God, deity. He's so much man, you can't believe he's God. You see him weep when, when Lazarus dies. It's his manhood. That's his humanity. His friend is dead, so he cries. And then immediately after he cries, he conquers. 
Because the Bible says in the next verse, he opens his mouth and says, Lord, you hear me and you always hear me. But I'm only saying this for the sake of those that are watching me. Lazarus, come forth. See, for some of you, can I help you? Watch me. You spend too much time in your humanity, not enough time in your divinity. You're not some regular person. The living God lives in you, which means I'll give you a moment, but you don't have a whole month to be crying about that. You get a moment, but at some point you're going to need to get up, take up your bed, and walk. At some point you're going to have to get up and keep it moving. You sitting here still crying over what happened in January. Baby, it's October. It's time to keep it moving. You crying about what happened October 1st. It's October the 3rd. It's time to keep it And then you see him conquer. You see him step into the realm of his divinity, into his godness. And the Bible says, as he is, so are we in the earth. Which means the same stuff I see him do, it's the same stuff I can do. So he had a moment. Jesus wept. Outside of Amen and Selah, shortest verses in the Bible. Notice how short he spent his time weeping. Some of y'all too emotional to evolve. These are the elbow somebody says, stop being so emotional. I'm gonna need you to get back to building. I know who you thought you were going to build with walked out. And I need you to have a moment to take the helmet off. And then I'm going to need you to put that joker right back on. And say, oh no, I got my tools. And I got some building I got to do. Watch me. Because I'm a king and a priest. Let's talk. I'm spiritual and successful. Baby, I got my. Look at the scripture. It says in Jesus. It says in Jesus. And <laughs> Jesus kept increasing so watch me if you're not increasing then we need to fix your Christianity because something is off something's off we're going to get that right today though and I got, I got five minutes to get it right so you need to hurry up let's go and Jesus kept increasing well, how does he keep increasing because he lives as a student hmm See, some of you don't increase because you want to be an expert. And you think because four people liked your post, you're an expert. Y'all ain't going to send that to me? You think because, because your friends who haven't accomplished as much as you sit around you listening to you like you're the wise sage. You think you're the expert. That, that's not how you're going to increase. You increase when you live as a student. Open your mouth and say, I'm a student. He kept increasing in wisdom. Wisdom is this Greek word, Sophia. And last night on the preview, the only Sophia I could think of was the Sophia from them three gals, uh, the golden gals. And wasn't she the eldest of them all? Watch me. Because, because wisdom, watch me, wisdom is maturity. Wisdom will have you being 22 in a room with folk full of people in their 60s, 70s, 80s, and everybody looking at you saying, what do you think we should do? Why? Because you got Sophia. Can I just get you to lay your hands on yourself and say, I got Sophia with me. I, And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom. Now pay attention. Wisdom there, Sophia in Greek, the language of our New Testament, it means clarity and skill. Which means, pay attention, it means I'm clear on what I'm supposed to do and I have the skill to do it. Wisdom is a shortcut. Wisdom gets you to where you're going more quickly. Watch me. Knowledge is information. Wisdom is impartation. Knowledge is information. Wisdom is implementation. Which means knowledge knows what to do, but wisdom knows why to do it. And watch me, you can be smart and not wise. Let me prove it to you. Many of you in your past, let's just use relationships, whether you're married or single, doesn't matter. You knew, watch me, you had knowledge about what not to get with. But you weren't wise, so you got with it anyhow, thinking that you were going to change what you got with, not realizing, watch me, it's difficult enough for you to change. How the heaven, heaven, earth, you're going to change another person? Can I get some witnesses? Come on, let's tell the truth. You and Bishop Foreman, let's be honest. Come on, chat. Let's be honest. Now, we finna change. If you ain't finna change, nobody. Change has to be desired by an individual. 
And if they don't want to change, you're going to spend your life miserable trying to change them. Watch me. And you got a limited number of days, so I ain't got days to waste trying to change you. I, for those of you that are going to spend one more moment of your life trying to change somebody, can I just get you to throw one of your hands in the air and wave it? And wave it like you I'm not trying to change nobody. Either you with me or you're not. And if you're not, Let's go. Wisdom and skill, because most people waste their time because they don't have clarity. When I'm clear, I know what to do. When I'm clear, I know what to do. Clarity and skill. Say, I have clarity and skill. Say, say, say I know what to do and why I do it. Like I do it. Here we go. He increased his wisdom. That's number one. And stature, pay attention, stature means age and maturity. Do not think because you're old, you're wise. It's a lot of old fools. Don't walk into a room and be, I'm the oldest one in the room. That, and you may be the most unwise one in the room. So don't use your age as a banner. Use your wisdom as a banner. Ain't nobody saying nothing to me right now. It's one thing for you to be a 20-year-old fool. It's a whole other thing for you to be a 50, 60, 70, 80. Listen, at some point, we need to get you over into wisdom. Open your mouth and say, I'm living in wisdom. Here's the good news, everybody. I don't care how many years you wasted not in wisdom. Here's the good news. It's still there. What's still there? Your pulse. And if you still got a pulse, there you go. God still has a plan. I just need you to thank God that you still got a pulse. And because you still got a pulse, that means God still has a plan. That means God still has a plan. Which means you're going to make up in the next 12 months for every year you wasted. Can I just get 10 of y'all in this building that believe that? Can I get 10 of you online that believe that? You're going to make up in the next 12 months for every year you wasted in wisdom. Everybody holler, yes, Lord. He increased in age and maturity. He got older and he got mature. Then watch me. Wis say Wisdom. Stature, so wisdom makes me wise, or excuse me, wisdom makes me mature, right? And then look, and what did he get because of wisdom? Favor. With who? God and men. See, some of y'all just say, as long as the Lord, mm -mm, you need somebody on the earth. You need somebody that when they see you, they decide to favor you. And watch me, the Bible says the heart of the king is in the Lord's hand, which means if I have favor with God, he'll force favor with man. All right, let me prophesy. For some of you, the people that hate you most are about to do the most for you. I feel like prophesying in this book. The people that talk about you the worst are the ones that are about to do the most for you. You're about to get unexpected cash apps. Unexpected Venmo. Unexpected checks in the mail. They're about to bring you a gift bag on your job and set it on your table. And God's about to make them favor you. He's about to make them favor you. I just heard this. The state of Colorado is about to favor your tax petition. Who am I talking to? I got the Holy Ghost. The state's about to favor you. He's going to put your case in front of the right person. I just heard this. Your student loan debt's about to be canceled. He's about to put it. If you don't give God a praise, he's about to put it in front of the right person. And they're going to say, zero to dead out. Zero to dead out. Zero to dead out. Shout favor with God and people. We got to move on. I got to close. But can I just hear the voices of those that know wisdom is about to bring you some favor? Go. You ain't got to shout if you don't want to. But for everybody knowing wisdom is about to bring you some favor. It's about to bring you some favor. God's about to lean in your direction. Would you lean over, over on somebody and say he's leaning on you. Say he's leaning on your name. He's leaning on your business endeavors. He's leaning on your investments. I just heard the Lord say somebody's investments this week, they're about to double. I wish I got the Holy Ghost. By the end of this week, 
it's going to be double what it is right now. And if you believe it, shout, it's getting ready to happen. Let's go. I got to go. I got to go. That's what this series is. You're about to get you some wisdom. You're about to get you some wisdom. And that wisdom is going to mature you. And that wisdom is going to bring you favor. You're not going to chase what you need. What you need is about to chase. Well, we got to go. We got to go. So this series that we're in is called Proverbs. I got to go. Which means wise sayings. I got to go. So this message is called this. And if you don't know, now you know. Why? Because Proverbs 4, 7 says this. The beginning of wisdom is this. He says, this is where you start getting wisdom. Say, where do I start? Get it. Look at the screen. It's not hard. Some of y'all be looking at me confused. It's on the screen. Ask me. He says, if you want to be wise, here's where you start. Get you some. Get you some. Somebody say, get wisdom. You've been trying to get everything else. Trying to get a job, trying to get a man, trying to get a woman, trying to get a house, trying to get a new job, trying to get this, trying to get the hookup. Holler if you hear me. Uh, you trying to do all this. Some of y'all don't know nothing about that. That's Bishop Master P from the No Limit Days. Listen. I forgot. This is the uh, 915. Forget I said it. Y'all ready for this? He says, get it. Somebody say, I have to go get it. Look, look at this part of the verse. Even if it costs you everything, you're willing to pay $1,300 for an iPhone but won't spend $10 for a book to get your money in order. Something's out of order. Something's out of order. Something's out of order. You're willing to spend $2,000 on a vacation but won't invest $100 in a session so you can get you some wisdom. Something's out of order. There are three primary ways to get wisdom. Come on, three primary ways to get wisdom. God, dog. Three primary ways to get wisdom. Number one, you ready? Say, I have to look for it. All right, watch me. Most people are just trying to get out of stuff. You never look into stuff. You're just trying to get out of a bad day. You don't ever look into the bad day. That's why James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Now, pay attention. It doesn't tell you how he's going to give it to you. He just tells you, ask for it, and I'm going to give it to you. Say, I ask for wisdom, and he'll give it to me. All right, so let's do it. Say, Lord, in Jesus' name, I ask for wisdom. I'm coming to get it. So here's how you get it. Number one, labor. See how quiet it got? Ecclesiastes 10.10, 10. the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge. Or if the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, he's got to use more strength. But much wisdom brings success. So there's certain things that the labor of it is going to teach you. See, there are certain things you keep repeating in life, and God says, because you haven't gotten the wisdom yet. So go back over again and do it again. Watch me. If you ever want to teach someone to do it right, make them do it again. Stop. Listen, for every leader, stop just saying, just fine, it's good. No, it's not good enough until it's right. Go back in there and do it again until it's right. Ain't nobody got to beg you, you're going to do it right. Elbow somebody say, do it right. You're about to graduate to some fist bumps, so get your fists ready. All right? He says, if your axe is dull, you're going to be, oh, this is so hard. Well, you're trying to use a microphone to cut a tree. The only reason it seems so hard is because you're using the wrong tool. But because you don't have wisdom, you think you can use any tool to accomplish any task. And I need you to make this declaration over yourself, please. Say, my labor is giving me wisdom. I'll teach more about that on Wednesday. Here's the second way. Here's the second way. Loss. When most people lose stuff, they don't want to think about it anymore. Right? You know, if you lose a house, you're like, I don't even want to drive past that house. The house ain't done nothing to you. <laughs> you lose a car. I can't stand that car. The car didn't do nothing to you. Watch me. I don't want to see that friend. That was never your friend. 
They didn't do nothing to you but be what they had proven. They were always through in the beginning because you can never lose a friend. You just discovered an enemy. Can't lose a friend. It's impossible. It's an impossibility. It's impossible. Right? Say loss. Ecclesiastes 1.18. For with much wisdom comes much sorrow. So he says, he says, listen, I need you to look at your losses because in your losses, in what was sorrowful, there is something. Watch me. The more knowledge, the more grief. He said, the more you know, that me, watch me. Um, you ever looked this up and now that you knew it, you were like, oh, man. Right? I remember one time when the Lord was calling me to the next level of ministry, I was listening to a tape. <laughs> a tape for my millennials is a little little thing about, about this size, right, Tom? Anybody got some? Some of y'all look like you got tapes because you look like you still write checks. <laughs> All right, my, <laughs> I, I remember, I still remember going to uh, the music store. I ain't going to tell you what I got because it's 915. I ain't going to tell you. Okay, I'm going to be real. All right. So I remember, I remember, I remember one of the early tapes. Because remember, you used to make, you used to make your own mixtapes? And you had the dual deck player, and you make your own. This before iTunes. This was your own iTunes. So you had one artist, then another artist. Then a, but if you weren't precise, the songs would kind of overlap. Because you weren't really supposed to hit the record. Some of y'all will never know the struggle. You got an iTunes playlist. Baby, I was iTunes. Listen. And I remember, I remember after making mixtapes for years, I remember going to the store. <laughs> Don't judge me. I remember going to the store and I remember getting uh, Snoop Dogg gin and juice. As well. It's too much judgment in this room. I know I'd already had my Kirk Franklin tape. Listen, this is too much judgment. I'm moving on. Some of y'all are looking at me real religious. I know you ain't judging me and what you listening to. A lot of life lessons in that song. Listen, so, so, <laughs> I'm going somewhere with this. You ready? All right, so, so, so you make these tapes, and you get these tapes, and then, then you got CDs, and then, all that, and then you remember, pay attention, then you remember when, you know, you wanted to have the upgraded voicemail on your pager. You know, because you put it right here. Some of y'all put it back here. You were selling other things. Listen. All right, so a pager for my millennials, because some of y'all like. Is that like an Xbox, Bishop? Or is that a, so a pager is how we used to have to communicate with one another. So what we used to do is everybody had a beeper number or a pager number. You got me? And then you would page them, and you would page them to call me, right? So, so you, you dial their number, and then it beep, and then you dial your number to call me. Or if you got sophisticated with it, you would send a message. You would hit, now watch me. If you wanted to get to C, you had to hit two, three times. And don't mess up, because you're going to have to start the whole thing. And the message was like this, so that when they checked the page, they'd have to flip it over. Just, okay, y'all. Stay, stay with me, stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. If we were to look at tapes and CDs and pagers, because I remember, I remember my page of voicemail was laid. Let me tell you something. You did not have about, listen, I would put my deep voice on. Because when I was coming up, and I'd do, be on the phone, you know, they called me ma'am because my voice was a little high. And so I'd be on the phone trying to conduct business. They'd be like, hold on one second, ma'am. I said, I ain't no ma'am. Doggone it. So on my pager, I knew I had to be deep. And so I had the Kirk Franklin Melodies from Heaven remix playing in the background. Hello. 
Thank you for calling my voicemail. I'm not able to take the call right now. And I, I'm working with the beat. But I want you to know that wherever you go, there's melodies from heaven that are going to follow you all the days of your life. Leave your page after the tone. Because evidently I'm not home. But I'm going to get back with you. Melodies. And then I let the family come in and sing. Some of y'all are totally lost. It's, it's okay. For those of you who are still with me, can you wave? Okay. Because some of you are like, Kirk Franklin, who's that? You brand new saved. And that's cool. I love it. No, come on, let's go. Pay attention. All of those tools today, we look at trying to use that stuff in our life. And we would say, what, what, what's the benefit? What, 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 what are we trying to do? Look at the scripture. Say loss. Pay attention. For much wisdom comes much sorrow. See, the wiser you get, that means there are certain things you have to let go. And in letting go, watch me, I still get a lesson. Because when I was making those page of voicemails, I learned that I had to get it right the first time. Otherwise, you'd spend a half an hour, two hours trying to get it right. What am I trying to say? There's some stuff in your life that you look at it as lost, but I still need you to remember the lessons even from your loss. I still need you to remember, watch me, all of what you gained from it, what you learned, what you did. When you were making those mixtapes, you had to get it right. Otherwise, you were going to have to start all the way over. And you knew you always had a sibling, a cousin, somebody that they wanted a mixtape to. Okay, I'm not going to use that analogy at 11.15. You ready? Say, there's something to learn from my loss. Stop not looking at it because of the pain of looking at it. That tells you you haven't forgiven. So let's get your forgiveness together and then look at that thing and learn from that thing. I need you to be able to run into people, watch me, and be grateful, not be ticked off still. I need you to be able to run into somebody at the mall that did you dirty and say, hey, how you doing? Baby, I'm doing good. But, and they're going to be shocked you talking to them. Why? I ain't even mad no more. I'm not bitter. Why? Because through uh, sorrow, I got wisdom. Through grief, I got knowledge. Open your mouth and holler, I'm wiser. Last way. Watch me. It comes through labor, loss, and a leader. Say leader. leader. Jeremiah 3.15. This is what this whole series is about. And I will give you pastors according to my heart. This is God talking, which will feed you. That's what we're doing in this series. I'm opening this series up for you with knowledge and understanding. He says, I will give you a leader that will feed you. Say, that's this series. With knowledge and understanding. Understanding there means wisdom. So this series, guys, all this month, I'm about to feed you wisdom. Because there's some stuff you ain't got to go through if you can just hear it in church. And I'm so glad you're sitting next to somebody that's not just a hearer, but they're a doer. I'm so glad you're chatting with somebody that's not just a hearer of the word, but they're a doer of the word, which means, listen, I don't need to go through no loss. I'll just sit up in church, take my notes, and learn. I don't have to go through another bad relationship. I'm going to get my bishop series on relationships and learn. I ain't got to go through no more financial loss. I'm going to get my bishop series called Making Money Moves, and I ain't got to dance no more, baby. I make money moves. I Why do you want wisdom? Here it is, Proverbs 835, and we're out of here. For whoever finds me, for whoever finds me. See, on my previews, this is too much. <laughs> in the message previews, I told y'all I'm considering, I don't even want to say it in the message. I'm not going to say it. Put your hands down. She got her hands up like thinking, I put your hands down. Put your So I have been an Apple loyalist. We're done. Matter of fact, everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. <coughs> no, I'm serious. Everybody stand up. In the middle of the line. I've been an Apple loyalist for years. I had the original Android. Listen, I had the HTC with the kickstand. Who remember that? But the phone kept running out of space and all that. I said, just too much. So Bishop Bright got me to convert to Apple. When I converted, I converted. And these last few days, the devil has been having me to look at robots and androids because they have this thing where I can have both of these in one. I said, this is too much to be carrying around. This is too much. But if I do that, then I'm going to have to get the watch. And if I get the watch, I'm going to have to get the phone. I'm going to have to do everything. Put that watch down. 
And so this is a big deal for me because I'm loyal, so I almost feel like I'm cheating. I was at Best Buy looking around like, Apple going to see me in here. Put that down. Back to the message. Here it is. Say, when I get wisdom, I get Proverbs 8. For whoever finds me, you ready? Everybody look at me. Finds life. Which means your life has a brand new, watch me, dimension of meaning when you get wisdom. And obtains what? Favor. And grace. From who? The Lord. So here it is. We out of here. At home, I need you to stand too. Just because you at home don't mean you ain't going to stand. Stand up. Come on, I'm just finishing my breakfast. Stand up and finish in two minutes. Because I need you in on this. Because I need to speak this over your October. Say this month. Because I find wisdom from labor, from loss, from my leader. I find these three things. Life favor and grace from the Lord say this October my life increases my favor increases my grace increases look at somebody say this October your life increases your favor increases and your grace increases in Jesus name watch me don't praise God for your three praise God for their three hallelujah Hallelujah. I'm clapping for you. I'm excited about you. I mean, you're about to live like you've never lived before. About to have favor you've never had before. And you're about to walk in grace you've never walked in before. Heads about eyes closed. If you're in this building or online, you can be seated or, have a, uh, or, or remain standing. If you need to become a Christian, for the first time, or recommit yourself to the Lord. A third, like Bishop Foreman, I don't know where things stand with God, but I want to be sure wherever you're at, in this building or online, on three, I want you to slip that hand up. You need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure. One, God's coming to get you today. I'm not going to beg you. He's coming to get you. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. Well, Bishop, I got all these issues. God loves you still. Bishop, I'm still struggling with some stuff. Great. So is the person next to you. So is the person chatting with you. You don't get your life to the Lord after you get it all together. You come to God and he'll get your life together. That's dumb to try to do it the opposite way. And you're not dumb. You're very smart and wise. You're very smart and wise. You have knowledge and wisdom. You become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure God's drawing you. In the building, you're going to put your hand up online, do the hand wave emoji, or type the word me. One, God's coming to get you. Two, don't miss your moment. One, two, three, if that's you, respond right now. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, church. I need you to thank God for the hands in the building. And let's thank God for the hands online that we cannot see. For those of you online, I have digital ambassadors that are literally on, on the different chats and they're watching for your responses. So you may say, well, who's even seeing it? Who even knows it? I have people that are looking out for you because you matter to me. Your life matters to me. Your ladder, your life matters to the Lord. Amen? Everybody pray this to me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. Because of this belief, because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Take out your phone, scan that QR code, or send that text. Text the word decision to 877-552-4746. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to the number 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you. In the app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life.
We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com holiday. Ah, feel the whoa with Listerine at BJ's. You can save $2.50 now on Listerine products like Total Care Anti-Cavity Fluoride Fresh Mint Mouthwash or Cool Mint Pocket Packs Fresh Breath Strips at your nearest BJ's location. Experience the feeling of a million germs zapped in seconds with Listerine. Discount available through December 24th. Save now only at BJ's. 